Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And today we are going to be talking about Mike Mills' film, Come On, Come On, starring Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Gabby Hoffman, and the introducing of the child actor Woody Norman. This is a film that is... uh, the, the, the premise of it, as explained by IMDb, is a radio journalist embarks on a cross-country trip with his young nephew. And I know it sounds like a pretty simple premise, but honestly, this film is relatively simple from a narrative standpoint. Um, and it really kind of just delves into some big ideas And uh, I think a lot of topics that uh, there are probably many, many Americans that can relate to. And um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what this film this film is all about. Uh, Danny, what'd you think of it? Uh, Well, we just saw it. So we're I'm, I'm processing it, but I know that I liked it, you know, and uh, I I'm at the point where I think I'm. I would give it a 9 out of 10. I don't think I would go lower than that, but it could go higher than that. It's that just it had this quality of being charming while being simple and didn't feel like it was trying too hard and a lot of that has to do with just how they decided to tell a simple story and a lot of it has to do with the writing and the performances. I'm curious to know to what degree uh, any of the movie or how much the movie was unscripted because it feels so authentic and real at times that it's like it's it's similar to how we both thought that scene in Spencer was just so electric between uh, Kristen Stewart and the young actors in that that's like this whole movie it just of how how much energy you get from watching. Uh, Woody Norman and Joaquin Phoenix act together and then uh, I would also say for um, Gabby Hoffman and just even though they're not sharing she's not sharing a scene as frequently with Joaquin Phoenix they're able to act off of one another really well considering they're not actually in the scene together it's just their voices and over the phone and I I just it's a really thought-provoking movie it says a lot about um how kids feel right now and uh i don't know i i really struck me in a positive way i would say yeah i also gave the film a nine out of ten um i i think that it could probably flirt with being a 10 out of 10 um it's a sort of movie that there are some limits to what it can do just because of its simplicity um but if i had to pick a movie that kind of represents what I think is um, great cinema. <laughs> this is the sort of movie that really represents the type of movie that I like. Um, and you're right. I think that this is what we talked about with Spencer in that one scene. Yeah, this, this entire movie is kind of like that. Um, it kind of feels like a... Uh, NPR type of feature mm-hmm. throughout the entire film um, and I know that that 
Joaquin Phoenix, uh, his his character's name is Johnny. His job seems to be uh, sort of like a journalist mm-hmm. that would work for NPR. And I don't we we never truly understand what the assignment is that he has throughout mm-hmm. this film because he's working the entire time the film is going mm-hmm. on on one project. And we don't know exactly what that project is, but you start to kind of put together the pieces. Um, and it feels like it would be a feature uh, for something like an NPR uh, program. Mm-hmm. And so the film kind of plays that way. And uh, that just appeals to me because it is very much about um, people and kind of the diversity of people and the way that they see the world um, based upon their own experiences and perspectives. And I think maybe to an extent, the fact that, uh, we're teachers, um, and we work with kids every single day, Mm -hmm. um, that it, it connects with us in maybe a slightly different way. I think for probably parents, um, this, this would connect with people because, uh, there is this, this clear, difference between how an adult views the world and how a child views the world um and that you're kind of on on different levels all the time in trying to calibrate or kind of meet somewhere in the middle um can be challenging Mm -hmm. and uh i think this film does a really really good job of tackling uh that that aspect of life um, and I really resonated with that. Uh, I, I absolutely loved this film. Yeah. It, the, so when you were saying that, it made me think about how the, the, the whole idea of how our, I think our society treats kids and diminishes kind of what they think, but this movie really does make the case that, uh, kids are at, at least to some degree capable of comprehending the world just like an adult would and you see that in lines uh where the mother of the main boy says you know he's just like a little person you know and like just treating him like a person is kind of what you need to do and then you hear it the and it's interesting because these are real interviews i'm pretty sure that are i think so i don't think that that's scripted. scripted i think they actually found kids in during those interviews, they um, just there is some really sophisticated responses from these kids that you know are not that much different than wh- the way an adult would talk about the world. Well, and I also think that uh, what it really shines a light on is that sometimes in all of our jadedness as an adult, as we get older and uh, have a lot of biases that we don't always see things as clearly maybe as a child does. And so um, even though with maturity and experience, we feel a lot of times like we have things figured out. Sometimes there are insights that children can bring to the table um, that we've have never thought about before Mm -hmm. um, and gives us a a different perspective for the world. And uh, I thought that aspect of it was uh, pretty fantastic. 
Um, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to go back and kind of, obviously there's been a lot of great uh, films this year, um, but this is probably one of my favorite uh, original screenplays. Mm. Uh, I think that it just does a lot of things very well. Um, the I, I, It lends to some really great editing in the film, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of that is because the screenplay is written so well. It incorporates um, kind of two things happening at the same time and being able to layer them mm-hmm. to send a really um, powerful message uh, through visuals that are happening while... Uh, dialogue is also going on but they they in the moment they're two different things but they they have kind of the same meaning well and this movie is impressive from the standpoint of when when i'm looking at movies at the end of the year and i think about the things that the movies that stand out and are, are really impactful they have to do something that's unique and this movie is unique in that it's blending the medium of documentary in a way and blending it with narrative storytelling. Yeah. And then at the same time, they've done a thing where they'll occasionally add in these stories within. And he, at Mike Mills, even like puts the, the book. And again, I don't know this, but I'm assuming those are real like children's books or real books that exist for kids. Well, and... I know they are because at the end of the credits. So, okay. so one of the things about the film, and for those of you that, that end up going to see this, is that it is one of the only films that uh, really presses you to sit through the entirety of the credits because there's audio that's playing, and so you're interested in hearing that. Mm-hmm. And so as the audio was playing, I was kind of watching the credits too, and at the very end, it... it uh, cites all of the different books books. that they they reference throughout the film um so it gives credit there so yes they are real books and so to to blend that in and make that such a deliberate part of the storytelling format i mean it's 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 playing with story on all different levels which is i think you know i'm kind of rambling at this point but i I am interested in how this movie is a story about humans and how storytelling is so important to our lives and so i think i don't know there's something there that just is really powerful in this movie yeah um i think a lot of it is that mike mills just as a director he is very interested in the human condition and uh um telling stories about real people because that's what this is um I have only ever seen Beginners. I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of his other films. I really wanted to see uh, 20th Century Women, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I also really want to see Thumbsucker. Um, I've heard good things about both of those films. And now after seeing this, I am going to be pretty highly motivated to watch both of those films because uh, Beginners is also a really great film. Um, he he is a excellent director that gets... Uh, great performances out of his actors and really just captures uh, the real human condition. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think this is an absolutely fantastic film and that Mike Mills deserves a lot of credit for uh, capturing this vision and, and being able to put out this product mm-hmm. that he has. It reminds me kind of, of writing-wise, it felt 
kind of like a Greta Gerwig type story. Yeah. Just because very focused on human relationships. And it's so, it's, there are so many funny moments in this movie that, yeah, like he captures just kind of the goofiness of life at times and the, how people are quirky and have their own kind of, the way they react. It's just, it's so fresh. There's not a dull scene really yeah, in the movie. I agree. I agree. Like, I think it's a, I don't know how long it, the movie actually is. I, uh, it is just under two hours. Um, and the, yeah, it, you never feel like you're bored. No, um, I, I think the only thing you could say is maybe feels like some scenes are retreading what other scenes have done, but they're always interesting. Right. Because you really, the thing is that, um, I, a lot of times I feel like, child actors aren't always the best mm-hmm. and so it's a huge risk to take on a film where almost every scene has a child actor mm-hmm. in it and you rely so heavily on that child's ability to be very natural mm-hmm. and uh i think maybe this is a good segue to talk about these performances sure. woody norman he is nearly perfect in this movie he's a british actor too Did he you is that? yeah he's a british actor. oh i did not know that yeah. so that's even more impressive <laughs> yeah. how old is he do you know uh, how old they he said is? 11 i think on um, mdb so yeah so i mean that's very 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 impressive uh i i think this year we've gotten a, re- a lot of really good performances out of child actors but uh this is has to be toward the top of them because the film relies so heavily on mm-hmm. him in order to succeed um and but yeah every time that he like I, I was excited to kind of see what he had next um which i get that way with certain uh adult actors that mm-hmm. i really really like where like every single time they're on scene like you're like kind of excited about okay what are they gonna do now mm-hmm. um because they're just that sort of cap that, that captivating sort of actor and and maybe it's that just walking phoenix is so good at bringing that yeah. out and i think that he probably is because walking phoenix is is equally as brilliant right. uh in this film um and but yeah but getting to see the two of them interact uh i didn't really care (laughs) what they're talking about i just wanted to watch them talk about something because it's done so 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 well and it really is it's to the point where like it feels like it couldn't be like there's stuff that has to be improvised but then at the same time just because of how the story comes together there have to be scripted things in there just because it's so deliberate as part of the story. And like, there's, there's, it's, this isn't to show this necessarily, but just there's a sequence where he briefly loses him in the, uh, like a drugstore. And he's like, your generation's lost. And as soon as he turns that corner, when he says the word lost, he notices he's gone. And something just as subtle as that, you know, there's clear that there's writing in there, but, um, Back to what you were saying about Joaquin Phoenix bringing the performance out of um, Woody Norman. I think that uh, he is, it goes vice versa too, that uh, he's able to, Woody Norman's able to like give something for Joaquin Phoenix to really react to. And a lot of times it's seeing Joaquin Phoenix's reaction to him that makes it so impactful a lot of the time. And like so much of what the kid says is like, not, it's not like shocking in a like oh that's terrible it's just is like he kind of takes you off guard because yeah. kids kind of can you know take put you off balance a little bit because they are so spontaneous and, and they think differently yeah and 
they don't have always the like kind of social norms that other <laughs> you know adults would have so right they're not they're willing to maybe touch on topics that are sensitive or touchy and you know Joaquin Phoenix's character is guarded and so is the kid he doesn't want to reveal anything be interviewed and so that's where they are kind of similar and that's even a part of the story you know yeah and I think um also it's a nice kind of interesting comparison between how he has these conversations with this kid but then he goes back to his sister played by Gabby Hoffman and uh, the conversations that they have there, and uh, I I imagine that there are a lot of people that um, really kind of can appreciate uh, this the idea of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're as you watch Joaquin Phoenix, his character Johnny, start to kind of understand what it's like to be a parent, mm-hmm. even because he kind of takes this parent role in this film. And uh, as he is starting to uncover what it's like to be a parent and how there's so much that you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants, mm-hmm. um, the some of the conversations that he has with Gabby Hoffman, uh, they, I don't know, it, like you said, the, the fact that you have these two actors that really have this good chemistry when they are just having a phone conversation. Yes. It makes you wonder if they actually were having a conversation or if they both were just, just shot t- their yeah, sides. Shot, yeah, because they wouldn't have had to be having the actual right. conversation. And I don't know how they do phone conversations when they shoot movies. If they, some- I, I would guess just based on how it came together, I imagine they wanted them to have a real conversation and they just shot it twice. Or, I mean, two sides of it. And just because there's just so much... The the reactions and there's just, like, kind of non-verbals in the way that they are reacting to what the other person's saying that yeah. are really important um, for the performances. And that's also to say, like, they probably spent time together because there's scenes where they do shoot in person together. Right. And that helps those later scenes to work. Yes, um, yep. And yeah. So, so yeah, but like Gabby Hoffman is <laughs> your every character in this. You're empathizing with them, even though they're constantly struggling against one another or with each other right. or whatever. And so, like, it's just because it's such a human movie, you find yourself constantly reflecting on your life, reflecting. Yeah. And so, and that it's so much to do with the performances. I was thinking, like, neither, well, neither of us are parents, but I was thinking, gosh, it would be kind of scary to have a kid (laughs) that's that's what i was thinking during a lot of this movie yeah yeah maybe this is a movie that's like a a birth control sort of movie (laughs) um just because there's a lot of unknowns but i think also it it really captures the joy of children right and how there are these cool moments that uh both Gabby Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix get to have with Woody Norman where uh, they both have this recognition of this is an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything despite all of the other stuff right. that's heavy right. that goes along with this. Right. Um, and I, I, I imagine for those who are parents that that's how they feel right. on a very regular basis yeah. and why having children is worth it. 
Right. And well, and the other thing for Joaquin Phoenix is he's stepping into this role and it's all happening at once. You know, he's learning in a short period of time. And so it's to be thrown into it, especially when it's a, a kid who's, you know, he's capable of thinking in a way that's pretty sophisticated. And so it's just a lot to handle at once. You Espe- know? Especially because uh, it is set up pretty early on that they haven't really had a strong relationship. Right. And so this is the first time that they're really getting to know each other. So right. he didn't know what he was walking into entirely. Um, and so, yeah, he gets caught off guard quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all three of these performances are some three of the best performances of the year. Um, I don't know how much love it's going to get uh, for during award season. In fact, I feel like it probably is going to get kind of forgotten, um, which is just a shame. But it's too bad because this is this is honestly, and there's not anything flashy about Joaquin Phoenix's performance, but it is up there with one of his best performances. It is, and the reason why, and I've always believed this since her is that when Joaquin Phoenix is playing a generally pretty normal guy, he's at his best. I agree. Because he be, he's so relatable, even though he can be kind of strange sometimes. He's just like very authentic and earnest. And that is just like, it, it's amazing to see him on the screen do that. He, he nails the mannerisms, uh, the kind of facial expressions, the, like you, you can tell what he is thinking mm-hmm. when he isn't saying anything in that. He I acts with his eyes he does. so much. He does. Like you, you, he, he is, he is one of the best actors of our time. And, uh, I, at this moment, I probably would rank this as my favorite performance of the year. And. I, we just talked about Tick, Tick, Boom, and that's a great performance from Andrew Garfield, but I would also say, and I was high on that performance, right. I I think this is better. Yeah, I mean, granted, we also, I think, are a little bit biased. We love uh, Joaquin Phoenix, but there's a reason we love him, and it's because this, every single time he steps on screen, he is at the top of his game, and that he always delivers. But this is also the type of character that resonates with us right. a little bit more, too, and that plays a role. But yeah, it, I I'm gonna be disappointed that he probably won't get the love that he probably deserves. But and I'm not that, that's not to say I think we have I haven't seen King Richard yet, and um, that could very well be a, a better performance. It's and I'd be happy to see Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, and Joaquin Phoenix just won an Oscar yeah. a couple of years ago, and so, I don't I don't really care about that side of things. Right, but, right. I but I'd like I'd at least like this performance to be held up and talked about is one of the best performances of the year so the people see this film right um because i i just don't want this to be one that falls through the cracks um like last year pieces of a woman was my favorite film of the year uh which i think it, it's a lot more tragic than mm-hmm. this but i think that it's about real real life situations and um not a lot of people saw that movie mm-hmm. uh despite the fact that i think pretty much every performance in that movie is great as well. Right. Um, and so I, I, I worry that this is going to kind of be in that same territory. Um, let's talk about, uh, I, I want to talk about the sound. Okay. Because yeah. I think the sound is a very, very important part of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not expecting that going in. Uh, but it, it is a big part of this. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, you know, with a movie that is about life, essentially, or about the way we connect with others and how we react to things that are going on in our world, to capture the way the world sounds at times in a in an on-screen way where that's part of the story because he's constantly recording and taking sounds of things and the young boy does that for him a lot of the time. But it feel it adds a vivid real life experience to it at times. That it, as they shift, because the the story takes place in different parts of the country, which is also another thing that I think is important to the story. Yes, it those sounds are important to those locations. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's a huge part of the storytelling. You know, uh, one thing that I was thinking about uh, it, this film actually the sound part of it kind of uh, made me think about Sound of Metal, mm-hmm. even though like they're kind of different in the way that they present it, but they make it such a uh, important part of what they are doing, and it's such a central part of the narrative mm-hmm. um, that that I I think that. In both situations, the director felt this necessity to really highlight that part of it, um, where the mixing kind of changes mm-hmm. a little bit, or they've kind of messed with the sound to to uh, make us experience it in a similar way to the way the characters are experiencing right. it. And I don't know that films do that very often, mm-hmm. where we get to fully experience kind of the the sound that these characters are or uh experiencing themselves no it 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 could have been just standard like just get you know the right (laughs) make sure that each character is heard you know and but they clearly put a lot of thought into it and it adds a, a new layer to the storytelling um something that i wanted to ask you about shifting away from sound is just the visuals of the movie what this movie's in black and white what what did that add to you that uh you know made it interesting or i don't know i i that was actually a question i was going to ask you as well because i think it's the one thing that i'm still kind of sitting with is what was the purpose of shooting this film in black and white and if it were in color would it change the way that we experience it um i I think it maybe would change the way we experience it I'm not sure quite how. What I feel is that, and all I can go with based on just how I reacted to it, is when you see a a movie in color, it almost in some ways distracts you from, you know, what what is being said or what is going on. And so because it's in black and white, because this movie is so honest in every step of the way, it, everything is stark then. You're seeing those the starkness of, you know, how one character's feeling versus another. And that's where I kind of land with it. Um, there could be some other really great reason for why they did it. But for me, it just, it created a clearer, this, you know, a lot of kids that they're dealing with a black and white world in a way. And, it's true. and uh, you know, we what we have to find is kind of the humanity within that. And that's what this movie's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, but again, I'm not full. That's just me kind of going based off of how it made me feel. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was an interesting choice, and I can appreciate 
that choice that uh, Mike Mills made in deciding to shoot this in black and white. This year, it seems like a lot of filmmakers are choosing to shoot their films in black and white. Um, and uh, it, to, for the film Belfast, which obviously I'm not going to get into right now, eventually we'll do a review of Belfast, but um, the it seems a little more purposeful in that film. There's a reason they choose to, to shoot it in black and white. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I did think that was an interesting choice and I, I, it's not as if I'm, I'm thinking why they do that. They shouldn't have done right. that. Um, I'm more just curious, curious as to the choice behind, um, of shooting it in mm -hmm. that way. It's sort of, I think kind of like Nebraska, the film Nebraska, yeah. um, where that movie was also shot in black and white. And, uh, may, other than maybe just kind of draining the color of, sure. uh, to, to fit maybe a tone for that film. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's kind of the same sort of, sort of. Thing. Well, and also when, when the humor happens in this movie, it, it is almost feels in contrast with the, black and white yeah. kind of seriousness of it so it that works really well within the movie it allows it almost it creates a good contrast for all of the funny moments in the movie yeah i think that uh that very well could be the case um that they're just trying to have this contrast i never thought about uh representing or kind of um using two mediums uh like the the yeah. dialogue like the uh, the auditory dialogue mm -hmm. uh and and mixing that with a visual experience in kind of having opposite tones mm -hmm. um it it kind of takes it to a deeper level than i have ever really really thought about uh the way like if i were a filmmaker i don't know that i would would think on that level yeah. but um all the credit to Mike Mills if that's kind of what he's going for there. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else that you feel like we definitely should talk about this movie? Um, th this is just because we're fans of The National, but this is music was written by Bryce and Aaron Dessner, who the music isn't amazing, but it plays its role, and I think it sets the tone really well at times throughout the movie. They also use... Um, some soundtrack music as yeah. well for multiple parts and um, but yeah I, I just it, the tone and the way the music contributed to that was effective well, yeah and I think yeah, honestly I didn't even really realize there was much of a score because yeah. it's very kind of in the background because there's so many other sounds that it's trying to push to the foreground mm -hmm. um, and so it's not about that right. it's about the environment that you're in and the way that you are experiencing that environment. Um, and so, yes, this is, I think a very understated score. Um, I do obviously love the, the Desner brothers. I, uh, I think I can never remember which is which, uh, one of them wrote the score for Jockey, and that score is absolutely oh, fantastic. Um, along with the national, they wrote the music to, uh, Cyrano, um and so that's going to be interesting to see like they yeah. clearly are wanting to move into a uh a different area um well and i saw that mike mills had yes. directed i i'm not what is it called uh i'm easy to find yeah uh in which i've seen that yeah. but uh and that, that's quite fantastic yeah. it's a really really well done so i'm that they clearly have a good relationship um but 
Yes. I think both of us would say for most people that uh, like a good drama, that I think we would recommend this film. Um, when I think about movies to recommend to our mom and dad, this is the type of movie that yes. I would recommend to my to our parents because uh, it, it is that exact sort of movie that I think that they would love. Yep, and it's because it's performance driven and it's character driven, and the relationships are so interesting and unique. Yep. So if you like that sort of thing, go and see this movie. I don't know how much longer it's going to be in the theaters. I imagine that it will be on video on demand um, fairly soon. Uh, I I tell you, this is worth a $5 rental if you are planning on uh, renting it at home. Um, definitely go see it. It has some of the best performances of the year. And uh, I think it just has a really, really intriguing concept. And uh, I, I think you're going to like it. So that is all for this show. Um, until next time, have a great week. See you later. Thank you.